0: It's good afternoon. Welcome along to the show. Now, I hate to mention the C word, but it does come up quite a lot. You know the C word I'm talking about. Not, Not that other C word, but the COVID word, of course. We all know at this stage... I think every man and his dog knows how badly Ireland handled COVID-19. We had the second longest lockdown in the world, which was completely unnecessary. And even Leo Varadker admitted it himself. He said certainly the last lockdown over Christmas was unnecessary. In my mind, the whole thing was probably unnecessary. And we spoke to Ivor Cummins recently in relation to that. After two or three months, we were well aware this pandemic wasn't as dangerous as we thought. But we, of course, were listening to the WHO. We were listening to advice from Nefit. And realistically, Neffet's only button to fire was lockdowns and restrictions. We know now from the evidence around the world that lockdowns, restrictions, masks didn't really make any difference because countries that didn't do them actually fared off just as well, if not better than we did. So really, it made no difference whatsoever. The only thing it did do catastrophically was destroyed our economy, practically destroyed people's lives, destroyed livelihoods and businesses, all for a pandemic that turned out not to be as dangerous as we thought it was in the first place. Well, things are going to get worse from what I can see because the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, has reaffirmed Ireland's commitment to progressing the development of an international treaty aimed at strengthening pandemic prevention, preparedness and response in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. And he's talking about the WHO pandemic treaty. Now, I know last week, Sharon Kjogan, um had a meeting in the AV room in Leinster House where she had to talk, basically, with some experts in relation to the treaty and what it's all about. We've had a lot of listeners talk to us about it, and we're a little bit confused about it and what it actually does. Does it take away our sovereignty? Can we make our own decisions in the future when it comes to the next pandemic? And will we have no choice? And will we have to listen to the WHO? Well, joining me is one man who certainly has a passion for it and knows a lot about it, Eddie Hobbs. Eddie Hobbs, good afternoon to you. Good
1: afternoon. Good afternoon, Nigel. Thanks for having uh, me on.
0: First of all, let's look at COVID-19 first before we come to the pandemic treaty. I I don't know whether you're in agreement with me or not, but I think we made a complete hames of it. And I think we knowingly made a hames of it because I think after three or four months, we were well aware the mortality wasn't as bad as we thought it was. We were well aware the vulnerable in society were the older people in society, not those under the age of 65. And we should have been focusing all our attention on them and not locking down the rest of society. And we probably crippled the country economically. Uh, Am I wrong?
1: No, you're not, no. But I mean, Ireland would have been, um, you know, Ireland was sucked into what was clearly a global uh, event uh, that was subject to, uh, you know, you, 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 would, you wouldn't have enough time in the afternoon to get into the detail of it. But I mean, I've been looking at it for three and a half years now. And, um, and the best thing I've seen is just out. And if you want to get your hands on a text that builds like a legal case over about 65 chapters, and it just keeps building and building and building with hugely well referenced, you know, written by a team of people. Um, and that's the, that's called just oh so called the Wuhan cover up. And, it, and it, it ends in a crescendo. Uh, the last few chapters are entirely about what we're about to talk about, which is the World Health Organization and the World Health Organization Treaty. And what's really after happening during that period, because it's absolutely astonishing. And that's coming from somebody. You know, well read into into all of this stuff. It's astonishing. And of course, that book is written by Robert Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, who is now, you know, running very strongly in the polls for the presidency of the United States as an independent candidate. I was watching actually a video last
0: night of him talking about the Ukraine war and who was making money out of it. It was quite yeah. an interesting video when he talked about BlackRock and BlackRock and BlackRock. Yeah. Um, but where did this all start? I, from what I believe, I, you, I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. Boris Johnson originally came up with this back in March 2021. And a group of world leaders, including the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, was involved in this, you know, beginning this treaty to, to get preparedness ready for the next time it happens, even though we hadn't even finished on the first one. Yeah. Is that where it
1: started? Well well perhaps it might have started with Boris. I'm not entirely sure about that but certainly the actual thinking behind all this goes way back in time to I mean the let me if, if you look at the World Health Organization treaty just before we get a background first just the World Health as an organization which would have probably started out with good intentions it's a kind of a sister organization to the UN in fact it's part of it and uh, and and you know you 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 would think that it has uh, you know it's based in Geneva it's of course it's unelected. Um, but most of its funding is coming from commercial and private enterprises. The largest individual uh, contributor is Bill Gates. His Gates Foundation and Gates, in September, in September two thousand and nineteen, decided to put fifty five million dollars into a, into a little unknown company called BioNTech, which was partnering Pfizer, and it had guess what the mRNA vaccine and uh, a few months later bill himself then was involved in the in the event 201 which was a simulation on, on the possibility it was wargaming uh, along with the world economic forum uh, the, uh, the the you know a global pandemic based on a coronavirus and then a few weeks later we had a coronavirus you know and uh, bill then sells his shares having contributed to the, the the who he sells his shares in biontech about a year and a half later for 1.3 billion I'm like, like another I mean, one Well, here's perhaps. the funny thing.
0: If you, if you had said all of this during the pandemic, you know, you'd have lost your job everywhere. You'd have been cancelled on the air. Yeah. And actually on that note, I spoke to many professors on the radio at the time in relation to, you know, the pandemic when it was happening, including Jack Lambert from the Matter Hospital, who's an infectious disease yeah. expert. He's only come out this morning now to say that he has seen a huge increase in long COVID, which has been caused, he believes, by the vaccine itself.
1: Well, i delighted to hear. Finally, but, but it's, this is breaking out all over the world now. You know, because you know the kind of the um, the legacy of what I would describe as like the Stockholm syndrome is wearing off now, and mm-hmm. uh, and this 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 thing wasn't accidental. This this was an operation to uh, to to, ma- to to mandate a pop- populations of the world four and a half billion took the jabs, including me, uh, much to my regret. Uh, took, mm, I did I jabs. did too
0: because I wanted to go on holidays and, and that was yeah, exactly. probably my main thing. Most reason.
1: people did for, for, the, for that reason. We took the jabs and now we're finding that, you know, the oncologists are reporting a very notable increase in uh, re- recurrence of cancer where there shouldn't be any, especially in younger age groups. And and it's going on and on and on. I mean, you, you know, there's there's many vectors of, of impact. We were told that the vaccine uh, was was what wouldn't go beyond the actual, you know, the, the spike wouldn't go beyond the, the, the site of the injection. That was misinformation and disinformation. We
0: were we were, we told, were told that, that you that... would you wouldn't get COVID nineteen if you got it. You did. We were told exactly. that it would it wouldn't uh, or it would reduce transmissibility, which which it didn't. Uh, we were told a lot of things and given a lot of misinformation by a government, by the way, who tells us all the time that we shouldn't be given out misinformation. Um, but in relation to the WHO treaty, and I want to get back to that because mm. people yeah, are very yeah. confused about that. OK, so the argument is and the journal or I, well, I used to call them the original, The journal.ie recently um, said they put out a fact check that, uh, you know, all the stuff that you might be telling me now and that other people talk about is our sovereignty and all that is all misinformation, that this is conspiracy yep. theorists and nothing more than that.
1: Yeah, if you want if you want to really understand what's really after happening, again, I'd refer to Kennedy's work. The first, the real Dr. Fauci, which came out two years ago and now this latest work, because it's not just a book, it's an actual legal case. As regards fact checkers, no matter where they are and what they say, you know, you have to go right back to who's funding them and what are and what kind of influences are they under? Because the idea that we actually have a fourth estate, with some notable exceptions, including you and one or two others, we don't have a fourth estate in Ireland. It walked off the goddamn pitch in March 2020. I could see it actually happening when it was quite clear the civil service were, brief- were briefing the Irish Times, who, were, who, who then ran their front page newspaper story as if it was great journalism when it was in point of fact propaganda. They then That gave the government then an entire day to get to gauge what the public reaction would be. And they would announce it in the evening during the NEFET meeting at 7 o'clock and the two breathless vampires Bowers and Lee would then come out like the ending scene of a Hammer horror movie with the, with the smoke you know the, the graveyard scene all at I, the end I, I terr- it to terrifying people, the population do you know what it was that's like it, it, was,
0: it was like the debt notices on a, on a country radio station but uh, you know on a global scale in other words let's come at 6 o'clock but, but and no, tell us 5 people had died you know what that I mean? was
1: just an iron. that's how it worked and people, people had people had free floating anxiety as a consequence of that it created it well, we and now, we now get... know,
0: contrary to what they said at the time about excess deaths during that period of time, we now know now that there wasn't excess deaths at all. In other words, no more people were dying yeah. than they would usually die at that particular time of the year or in that current year. So, we now, actually, we do know that actually the deaths were down on the year before the pandemic. So, realistically, that wasn't happening. What was happening was we know that vulnerable people were getting COVID-19. Sadly, they may have been at end of life. They may have had comorbidities. I'm not saying all cases, but certainly many of them. And there were people who would have died of natural causes anyway. And most people who die of natural causes either die for a respiratory virus or heart failure or uh, some other organ failure. So and we this, all... And
1: this was... This was happening throughout the world, this, this this anxiety that was created. Then you had the symbolism of the masks, which made no sense, the two metre distancing, which we made no, no now sense. No, that, no, that was
0: nonsense. Uh, yeah, well, like, we knew so, before that, mind you, because yes, the, the all, HSE said no masking at the start because they they clearly stated, including Luke O'Neill on The Late Late Show, uh, that masks made no difference according to surveys. But suddenly the surveys and the research changed,
1: allegedly. Well, I can tell you that if the findings of of, of Kennedy's treatise on all of this, uh, it, it turned out to be true because it's, nobody sued him on his first book. And if, if nobody sues him on his second book, I can tell you that an awful lot of the people internationally that he'd been involved in all of this are going to end up in jail because they're going to be prosecuted for what happened, which was a massive fraud. I mean, from start to me, this, this is, goes right into the heart of the of the of the bioweapons industry globally American intelligence and and, and and Chinese and the Wuhan lab the idea that it came out of some bat that flew a thousand kilometers across China and and just happened to infect you know somebody in in Wuhan is, is utter nonsense and it's quite clear that, that that this thing this thing was manufactured it's probably escaped from the lab rather than being let out and, and, and then, th- th- then everything else kicked in. I mean, the WHO itself, let's just go back to those, Nile, if I may, for a moment. The WHO said, until very, very recently, that locking down a population was the worst possible thing you could do because you generate a huge amount of other illnesses, including mental illnesses. You also have a massive impact on, 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 on the low-income groups in the world, which is exactly what happened. And we now have a number for that. There was a 4 trillion loss of 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 um uh, of wealth, let's call it that, prosperity from middle and lower income groups, and there was a four trillion gain by the by the ultra rich over the same period. That's their they're, they're the numbers. And you know we're all talking about the so called debts from from uh, from 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 the pandemic, but not looking at the actual PCR test itself. You know, I, 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 I mean, like well, there the, the, was there was a
0: research out, I believe, in the United States during the end of the pandemic. I think it came out of Pittsburgh or somewhere, I'm not too sure, so don't quote me, but it talked about the fact that, you know, so many million people had died from or with COVID-19, but they said that, that that basically is nothing compared to the amount of people that would die in the future because of the lockdowns, the restrictions, and, you know, and what you were talking about at the prosperity as well. I mean, simple little things like, you know, Mary who suddenly started drinking wine during the pandemic because she wasn't in work anymore, or John who lost his business and lost all his money and took his own life, yeah. or, or, or all those are operations, say somebody for a knee operation or, or a back operation. Operation that didn't get it at the time because of the pandemic, their life will be shortened by three or four years. So all of those, it's it's incalculable, the damage yeah, that's done bigger, to society. The
1: biggest issue, they're all the indirect I- I- in impacts of, of the lockdowns. The impacts of the, you see these vaccines, these were emergency use authorised drugs, as you know. And that's the reason why the uh, repurposed alternative medicines were so viciously attacked. Because they couldn't have got emergency use authorization of existing medicines, like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. But could, could anybody, anybody
0: who even mentioned that, Eddie, you know, was condemned know, these, these as some sort of look case. Could, you it, know what mean? Check
1: them. Look, I said all this recently in a TikTok and it was taken down. And I spent a week in purgatory. Then I was allowed back up again because they, these are facts. They are not speculation. They are now facts. They are no facts. And so where so where supposed. does this
0: treaty leave us now? And I want to get to the treaty well, because okay, I want so- to get to
1: the treaty. Yeah, if I may, because I, I want to make some some imp- I want to make an, an important call out as well, if I may. It, it, just yeah. just let me unwrap this. Okay, so this the the, the WHO, which is a very suspect organisation, where you know, with the chief scientist of which, by the way, is. No, no, Jeremy Farrar, who was involved with the Wellcome Trust and was involved in in all of the events around covering up what happened in Wuhan, along with Fauci. I mean, these are all outlined in Kennedy's book. I'm not saying anything that's not published. Um, So so, so if you look at the WHO treaty, what they're trying, what they're doing is they want to direct, it's quite clear. I've read read it closely. I've taken legal advice on it. Uh, It's been the subject of close examination. And I think... Every senior council in Ireland, in the Bar Council, that has any, any knowledge at all of the Constitution and any knowledge of what happened in 1987 with the, with the Crotty ruling, needs to start looking very closely at the detail of the WHO Treaty and their regulations. So there are two things they're doing. They're changing the existing regulations that we signed up to. And what they're doing is they've replaced the word may with the word shall, shall 169 times. Now, uh, and then that's then linked to the treaty. They've taken out the word non-binding. So therefore, what's the opposite of non-binding? Binding Binding contract. And yeah. and the Irish government itself is, is confirming, yes, a binding treaty. I have an email dated the 24th of November uh, 2024 from the personal secretary to the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, stating that this, the yes, this is a great idea. This treaty, we're all for it. As soon as it's rat- if, as soon as it comes in, which it, which allegedly was to be in May, but I'll come back to that in a moment. We're, go- we're you know we're going to ratify it. Well, ed, are they indeed? Because if they are, they are disrespecting the, the 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 Crotty ruling of 1987, which says quite clearly this was a ruling, uh, a majority ruling by the Supreme Court on the issue of the Single European Act, and it basically says that the cabinet, the government, does not ha- is a, is a trustee and does not have the power uh, to 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 take from th- something unfettered by the constitution and fetter it in an international treaty. But, it but you, cannot but, yeah, but you've seen recently,
0: Michal Martin and the doll basically uh, dismiss our sovereignty, you know, as something that wasn't or unimportant, and 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 he did uh, on numerous occasions. And by the way, the WHO. I just want to read what they say. Right, the purpose of the treaty is. They say hmm. it's a political commitment at the highest level, which could promote a more cooperative and interconnected global system to prevent, predict, respond, and to recover from pandemic. Emergencies. A potential framework, a convention, um, where's it? A convention could establish principles, priorities, and targets for pandemic preparedness and response to a legally binding international framework. There's your legally binding, by the way. Making yeah. that commitment part of the international law would constitute a promise to present the future generations that the world will not forget the lessons the pandemic has taught us. So they even no. say that, by the way, that it's a legally yeah, binding No, but not, no that's framework. a
1: political statement by the WHO. That's spin propaganda. Mm. It's actually it, you need to re- you, people need to read what's proposed, and what's proposed is the, is, the, is the legal is the, you know is legal and it's legally binding. Now what what, what it states is quite clear that the director general of the WHO, Tedros, or whoever is sitting in the seat, can unilaterally declare a pandemic emergency anywhere in the planet. That the that they can then mandate whoever signs the treaty to. To, to to tackle misinformation and disinformation within their state. There it is again, tackle misinformation and disinformation. That the actual WHO authority will extend not just to human health, but to animal health. It will extend to air, the air quality, it will extend to climate change. That's 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 the whole match. Now uh, when you then when, when you when you when you look horizontally then if you take your head out of the vertical and you look horizontally, you see the same players not just the WHO, but those that they are aligned to, like the W, the World Economic Forum. Like, for example, the World Economic Forum had its um, it had its it, it had its meeting there in January in Davos, and it was addressed by Ur- Ursula van der Leyen, the the president of the EU Commission. She was a trustee of the W of the World Economic Forum before she became president of the EU, of the EU Commission, yeah. and her entire speech was about misinformation, disinformation and clamping down on it. There was no a huge focus. Yes,
0: there was a huge focus in Davos this year on misinformation. By the way, misinformation, if you look it up in the dictionary, it just means a lie. So in other oh, words, yeah, we, ne- exactly. we, ne- we now want it illegal to tell a lie, uh, which was never in the history. I mean, look, the government but, is probably the guiltiest when it comes but, to telling lies. But
1: the point, the point, the point is no, that if you if you look at the, the what is proposed, it, it was to come in in May. But the WHO itself now is running aground with this. It's getting into difficulty throughout the world with various political groups in America, in Australia, in Britain, basically saying, hold on a second. We, we, we've read this. We don't like it. The New Zealand government particularly, been very strong on this. Large parts of the Estonian parliament, the Philippines, um, and, and, and the president of Slovakia, very outspoken on it, and saying, no, we're, we're not happy with this. We're not going to sign this because it's, it's, giving, it's giving control... Of, of the um, free movement and free speech of our population to, to this um, pretty godless, um, unelected uh, operation in, in Geneva. You know, but that's which is... We'll do the
0: same thing with the... I mean, they're obviously interconnected in some way, the digital treaty as well, which is essentially yep. telling us that, you know, we're giving an, a, I suppose, authority, you know, to uh, other people, the EU, ideally, to regulate our speech and determine what's permissible and what's not permissible. Uh, in other words, telling me what I can and can't say. In other words, in shows like this, for example. But your, digi- that,
1: your digital wallet will contain your vaccine passport. Mm-hmm. It will contain your... Digital currency, the type of stuff that I used to talk, I was writing about or talking about three or four years ago, was coming and regarded. Oh, that's a conspiracy, but well, it's it's actually no here. These are facts. The the so so you'll have digital currency, digital wallet, uh, vaccine passport, and of course your personal carbon limit. Then is the is the last thing that's going to come in. I mean, you give that kind of control to 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 outside of your own government people that you can't move. It shows that democracy would turn into an illusion. You give you that control to a centre. Well, then you have 21st century totalitarianism. That's that's what's that's what's clicking into place now. Why, why, say, why do you pretty pretty think this fun. is
0: happening? When you tie this in with you know, I mentioned the Digital oh. Treaty a few minutes ago, the EU Digital Treaty, and also we see Ireland's hate speech laws, which they're they're trying desperately to get in. Although I don't think they're going to push that before the next election, uh, because that'll just be damaging for them. But in saying that, why do you think they're doing all of this? I mean. These are intelligent because people. You would imagine the I, I, reason to be I, I, intelligent people. I'm going to
1: give you a very simple, simple explanation. Do they think we're stupid? That did, my, that did my head in for a long time until it finally dawned on me. Right? Why? Because it made no sense. Why, why would you, like when, you, when you've half the pot, why do you want the whole pot? Mm. Isn't half the pot where the trillions have got enough? And the answer is because, because you can. Because it's possible. Because they've just proven it with the, with the mass, massive public reaction throughout the world to COVID and it kind of Stockholm syndrome from the from the propaganda. Uh, the, everything so along. what you're
0: saying to me was these pop- politicians, although they weren't all in cahoots at the time, essentially, it was kind of like a runaway train and they all just followed. They seen the power that they had during COVID-19, how easy it was to manipulate a population and tell a population to stay in your house and not have more than one friend in the gaff with you or not to go past your 6K, which was the most ridiculous thing in the world. They seen how easy it was for people to adhere to that. So they went, well, if they can do that, well, we can get them to do a lot more than that.
1: Well, you were never you were never going to get the Irish establishment to be dissentful during this period because of the because we are we are the landing zone for US pharmaceutical industry and technology industry and they're aligned I mean like it's quite clear I mean it's it's all it's, it's, this is these are facts I mean Google for example is aligned with the UN to make sure that nobody that anybody who looks for alternative science to to, to the UNIPCC on climate change can't find it on Google unless you go to page like squillion like 15 plus out to the squillions And the same, and the same, and the, the WHO are clearly saying we want more powers to clamp down on. What they're called, what, what I call counter science, and there's lots of it out there by eminent eminent mm-hmm. uh, uh, people, you know. Well, and, they're not and listened the to. Well, well, well to. they're not listened
0: to. They're not funded uh, because because no. if, if you go to a government and say, "Listen, I'm doing a bit of research and I'm going to do a paper on why human beings are not responsible for the climate change," and you won't get a bean, right? So that I, so I, that you're not going to get I funded. You, so it's not anyone's interest to the, do it.
1: The favorite expression, you know, sometimes you can take out oh, you can spend thousands of hours reading this stuff, and eventually it'll compress down into something simple. And I think Mike Yaden, who was a former vice president of part of Pfizer, actually said it. He said, I went to look for the science. This is our own COVID now. And I couldn't find it. So then I decided to follow the money. And then I found the science. But we've we seen
0: that. I, I interviewed now actually uh, the people from the Barrington Declaration on the radio at the time. I interviewed yeah. a few people that many other radio stations didn't interview, including RTE as well. I um, know I got into a lot of trouble over it, but I didn't mind because that was my job. I felt it was my job to present both sides of the argument during COVID-19. Yeah. So much so that Keynesian actually named me in the report to Stephen Donnelly as being anti-government. So now if you challenge the government or disagree with any aspect of what government does, you're considered to be anti-government. But you're that's These are consi- all tropes, yeah. Well, uh, that's the... And it was named in the Kinsian Report. But, OK, so getting back was, to the pandemic I, I was treaty... Well,
1: I was, well, I'm very proud of that, actually. I got on yeah, that good list. good man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're on the team. We're on the right team. I always know that I always say to people, at least the way I on the day I die, I know I'll be on the right side of history. <laughs> anyway, but, but in relation to, I suppose, the, the treaty, so what stage are we at now? What can we do okay, about so it? What can are, people yeah, do so, about it? Yeah,
1: so where we are is that the expectation... So the, 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 wor- the world... Health Authority, the WHA, which is the governing council of the WHO, which is the operational side of it, uh, meet once a year. And the plan was that the treaty, which was subject to negotiation and discussion throughout the world, was going to be presented on the 28th of January. It wasn't because they're not happy. They haven't got it yet. And therefore, it looks as if they're going to miss their window, which was between uh, the end of um the end of, the kind of May May into June this year. It looks as if they're going to miss the window, which means it will be kicked out into 2025. And that's why Ted Ross is there with a big long face on him, recently been interviewed, saying, isn't it terrible, this misinformation and disinformation we have to deal with, you know, the stuff that we actually want to lock down and clamp down and make mm-hmm. sure nobody ever does it again to us. I mean, uh, it, like, if if that is the case, and they're now attempting to, 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 to pull in all the... Um, you know, all the codes for all of the potential uh, viruses throughout the world into one central bank. I mean, it's quite clear when, when you look at it, because it's a license to make vast sums of money, vast sums of money. If you can create an open-ended assembly line of of, of pandemics, regional and global, and then you're suddenly within a hundred days, by the way, coming up with the vaccine. I mean, it could be argued that the vaccine is created before they announced the pandemic. Uh, You've a license to print money and you've no sales and marketing costs because it's mandated by the governments that have signed up the treaty. It's an absolute racket.
0: And you're also covered by, for liability as well because the government an will absolute, cover you. Absolutely,
1: liability. an absolute racket. Can I, can I give, tell you one story just to bring it down to local uh, issues, um, which really for me was telling? And that was around, I think it was around June, June, August 2021. I ran across, fresh off the uh, off the internet, it was actually from Tracy O'Mahony, had it on her YouTube channel. She had got her hands on a letter and I put it out on my Twitter account uh, or my ex-account, Twitter as it was called at the time, a-, a letter from the Beaumont Hospital, which was basically saying that if you haven't been vaccinated, you're now off the transplant donor list. You're gone, get off. And I remember being, looking at this, I've been warning about the vaccine passports that this was going to create massive, Alienation and victimization of, of 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 fellow Irish people, Irish men and women, and this was now taking it to the absolute extreme because people who lots of people who've been waiting for organ transplants would be medically advised not to take the vaccine anyway because mm-hmm. it could upset their it could upset their capacity to take in an organ. They're being thrown off. So I put that out in my Twitter account, and for the next four or five days, I was absolutely savaged. That's fake. That's a lie. That's made up. Uh, how did you manage to do that? Where did Where would you get the head of note paper? Until finally. Some journalist, a young journalist as it transpired, uh, uh, decided to contact Bowman Hospital and they confirmed, yeah, that that's, that's our letter. And the next day after it being published, it was taken down. It was rescinded by Bowman Hospital. But that's not the point of the story. At the very outset of that, now I have a mobile phone with thousands of of of, tel- of telephone numbers on it. And and quite a few of those numbers are editors of the various media. But this particular one went straight to the most senior person in RT since left. Uh, telling telling that that person that John John Williams look this this um, this, 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 this 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 you know I'd be constantly telling look you you've got to cover the story I mean you can't ignore this one I said well this one is really like the Gregs this this yeah. must be from front leading story for yeah, our team treating
0: vulnerable one. people as second class citizens absolutely
1: how, how yeah. could how could we possibly get to this point and I got back I still have it on my phone the decision was made literally live on my phone and it, and he, and and his his text back to me was. Uh, don't inter- don't bother me i mean the- i'm i'm too busy trying to get two journalists out of afghanistan and i remember when i got that i remember thinking to myself do you know what that's a very good idea we could do with a couple of afghan journalists inside nrt because there's none left
0: mm. yeah i know you know i, I mean i thought I, I, like, I mean, that was I... a
1: live well, that was, well, well, RTE, see, that was
0: R- RTE, obviously a lot of people lost faith in RTE, not just because of the turbidity uh, debacle last year, but before that, people had lost faith in, faith in RTE. And don't get me wrong, I do believe the RTE have some good primetime programs. I think they have exposed a lot over the years, but I think they handle the pandemic really badly and unbalanced. It was very rare, on a very rare occasion, did we see somebody with an alternate view, be it on primetime or RTE news. Uh, in relation to the WHO, of course, at the time, Donald Trump, um, decided he wasn't having any part of the WHO. Um, and if he gets back into power, I pretty much think he'll do the same again. So I can't see America signing up to it unless Biden hangs in there for a little bit longer.
1: Well, I mean, but we'll see. I mean, but the thing is we have to paddle our own canoe. But the, but, but we're, we're in a very unique position now in Ireland. We're the, only, we're the only nation in Europe, perhaps in the world, that actually has a Supreme Court ruling which says you cannot bind us to an international treaty which will diminish our rights under the Constitution without a national referendum. That's what that's what the Crotty ruling is, essentially. And and therefore, we can we can demand a referendum around the WHO treaty. Now, if we that happens, now, that could happen simply by a question from the floor of the Dáil. But can they Can would... they,
0: Can they? they not say, any? because as they did during the pandemic, because essentially to tell people to stay in their homes uh, and not to interact or not to go to work was against the Irish constitution, but because it was considered to be emergency legislation, it's covered under the constitution. Could they not turn around and say, well, this is considered to be an emergency treaty or under emergency legislation?
1: Well, if we don't or if we the WHO were...
0: make decisions, it will be under they, emergency legislation.
1: They can, they can say all kinds of things. But if this government does not ask, uh, uh, allow a referendum on the WHO treaty, the chances are they're going to get humiliated in the High Court and then into the Supreme Court. That's The, the chances are very high. I've talked that on
0: many occasions about different things this government has done, including, by the way, the hate speech laws. But yet we never see people taking those cases. People need money to take cases to the it High needs Court, money. Supreme Court.
1: Absolutely. It, it needs money. It, it We have the legal, legal weapons just talked about them we have the legal experts and you can certainly hire mer- plenty of high high, high price uh, hired guns in the bar council would, would take it on for the right amount of money and it can be done but it actually needs gunpowder it needs money there's no doubt about that and and that's that's a uh, that that that's no get that that's get but this is getting international attention because mm-hmm. if we are the if the if the irish if if ireland becomes the epicenter of a debate around what really happened over the last 3 years not not how w- was presented what really happened then you have an um, you have an inquiry of the public but you're, but you're
0: not going to find out what happened because Leo Radker's already said that there is a COVID inquiry and I believe oh. they will kick the COVID inquiry down the road till after the next election. I'm not talking
1: about what, I couldn't, I really couldn't give a damn. No, no, I'm what what, talking
0: about the blame game. He said there's not no, going no, to be a listen, blame they
1: game. Can, they can have their own cover up inquiry as long as they like. We all know that it's a complete snow job. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that if there's a referendum, there has to be. Uh, the referendum commission has to allow both sides of the debate, and the and mainstream media will be forced to cover it. The important thing is that voices that have been attacked and droned, external and internal, will be will, you've a, will be allowed speak. We you've a, you've a lot of you've a government. lot of
0: faith in the mainstream media, Eddie, because we no, there's a referendum at the end of this to... month, and we've already think, seen
1: the disparities in that. No, no, I, I think they'll be forced. They'll be forced onto the pitch because it, there'll be a referendum, and they can't ignore it. And, and even if they, if, if they ignore it, we'll talk about it on social media anyway. And, uh, but there is international attention to this because since I brought it up during the week, we are getting international attention. They're taking, my God, the Irish could have a vote on the WHO treaty, you know, it's not very interesting. And then you'll get a lot of money coming in behind it mm-hmm. because they're serious, because they're, people know that you can't take these forces on without the gunpowder. You can't. And maybe uh, maybe uh,
0: Elon Musk will jump in on that one as well, because he's already said he's going to pay for anybody who wants to take the government to court in relation to hate speech law, so maybe he'll he'll pay for that one too.
1: That's just one of the vectors of communication that will be opening up. The mm. first step, however, is to go into the Dáil with a TD and put a question to the government. Are you going to allow a referendum on the WHO treaty and respect the Supreme Court ruling of 1987, yes or no? And if they said, yes, we will, then there's no... There's well, no, was, there's was, no I, did I
0: see a clip of the doll there? Was it last week or the week before? And Hal Martin already asked this question. Um, I, I can't remember who it was that asked it but I just happened to spot the clip. I was on Twitter or somewhere like that. Yeah, that was doll. Matty McGrath. Matty McGrath, yeah.
1: Matty McGrath. And, and the answer was, what? what's, what's the WHO what? The, the, oh, I know nothing about that. That was the answer. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about it. I, 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 I refer it to the minister. Like, this is the single greatest transfer of sovereignty out of Ireland probably since the Norman invasion. I mean, I mean facetious now to make the point, right? I mean, it's massive transfer of sovereignty and it's, it's going to affect every man, woman and child in the country and animal. And it's going to give, and if it, were, if it goes through, which I don't think it will, by the way, it's going to, it's going to give vast powers to an unelected um, cabal inside in, in, in Switzerland that are connected to the, w, the World Economic Forum. There's all these, all these sorts of connections. So what's happening here is there's a direct contest between those that cherish individual freedom and democracy and free speech, and we, we are on that side of the fence, and they're against those that actually are like the idea and are certainly remunerated by the idea of a kind of a 21st century totalitarianism based on the use of technology, digital IDs, and all the rest of it. And they, they see that as a way of controlling okay. the world population. And in the middle of all of that, behind all that, you have extreme greens, you have uh, uh, eugenicists and you have Malthusians. They're all in there, all coalescing around that idea. Well, they can go and get stuffed because we've got Crotty and we're coming to apply Crotty come hell rain or high water. That's my that's my opinion on it. Obviously, subject to fundraising. And,
0: and I and I appreciate that. And maybe Elon Musk will step in and fund that one as well. Eddie, just finally obviously in relation to you, but you've been quite outspoken over the last four or five years. Most of us would remember Eddie Hobbs from the, the television during the Celtic Tiger, of course, with all those programs about how to spend your money wisely, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How yeah. is that? The television career has obviously been affected by the fact that you're outspoken. So how is that affecting you at the moment? And do you regret it? Or do you, because I look, I've done the same thing too, you know, uh, in some yeah. sense, pigeonhole myself in some sense that, you know, I probably wouldn't be touched by some of the mainstream media. Uh, but in saying that, uh, how, how has it affected your life?
1: Well, you know, since the time I was a child inside the schoolyard, I was always the one that was going over to take on the bully when he was beating up somebody vulnerable. Mm. And I've I've spent my life doing the same thing, right through to the 90s during the whole financial services thing with the Consumer Association of Ireland, all the way through, rip off Republic, all the way through. And yeah, the response to that was the Broadcasting Act where you couldn't look down the camera anymore and give an opinion. Fine, fair enough. The rules changed. And that was the the end of it for me. I I did all that because, because not to do so is like asking a dog not to bark. I'm a dissenter. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll always look and say, well, why are we doing it that way? Have we reviewed that? Well, people call like, me a I
0: say, no, I'm just a critical thinker. That's it. There's a bit yeah, of exactly. A well, yeah. look,
1: like, like, I can't, I can't not do that. I can't, it's not, it's, not, it's like, it's like not breathing, mm-hmm. you know? And I've tried, I've tried, and I've been asked to, you know, step away. I can't, and I won't. And I'm back in it again with this particular thing at the WHO tree, because you know what? There's a stitch up going on, and it's time we stood up for each other. Eddie, listen,
0: thank you very much indeed for joining us today and thank you for explaining all that. I'm sure people will be very interested and obviously you can all do your own research as well and have your own views on it. Uh, But speaking to Eddie Hobbs today about the World uh, Health Organization and the Pandemic Treaty. Listen, thank you, Eddie, for joining us.
1: Thanks, Matt.